Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Hey, here we go. Friday, it's for Harry Mays, Barrett Brooks here on the middle. Hey, man, we're talking like old school NFL guys. Hey, man, if this guy retires, hey, no, I want to push his ass out. I'm not going right. <laughs> <laughs> to. I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting. Hey, I love the guy, man, but, you know, hey, I'm ready. Brooksy goes, I'm ready to rock, man. <laughs> right, right, right. Hey, I got to start it out with this, dude. So I had Meryl Reese on yesterday on the National Football Show, and I tried to push my Landon Dickerson dude. He, you know, <laughs> hey, as nice as nice as he is, I don't really think that he really liked it. And he goes like this: the Eagles would never do anything like that because they really like the guy. And I'm like, but wait a minute. And he's like, I get what you're saying. <laughs> I said, well, wait a minute here. And everybody, I, I think he was just being nice to me. Yes. But yes. I go, wait, if I get T. Higgins in a one for Landon Dickerson, and you're telling me, and hey, Barrett told me, best coach in the NFL offensive line, they're deep. They got this kid, Isaac, who they're high on. Why not send somebody like that? Because for you to get a first rounder, you're not going to send a guy that's a project to Cincinnati. And then you talk to Duke Tobin. And you say, Duke, give me the 31st pick. You package that up. How about even doing this, man? Say you want to stick with Jalen. Maybe you're able to get, with four ones, you're able to move into the top ten and get an edge rusher you want. Yeah, we love land. I'm like, man, but it, I, 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 I try to tell people, listen, take the emotion of the player that you really love, the personality out of it. Because the NFL, Barrett, those those general managers like Howie Roseman, Steve Kime in Arizona, Kevin Colbert in Pittsburgh, these guys play like war games. What if we did this? What if we package that guy up? What if we do this? And they get a strategy on how they want to attack free agency and how they want to attack the draft. I'm not I'm not picking on Landon or I'm not well, you and me the last couple of days haven't been picking on anybody. But these are kind of like the war games they play when it comes to putting a draft board together. Well, you know what? And I've been trying to explain it to you. Um, Philly just doesn't play that. Oh, let me start. Let me start this up. Start by saying this: 
Good morning, mom. My mom, you know, my mom is Phyllis Brooks right there. She always wishes me good morning uh, when we get. Then she wishes the stream good morning and everything. And then uh, now I can good morning to you. Way to go, my <laughs> aunt watches. Hey, hey, Phyllis. Just so you know, my aunt watches all of my shows and has listened to all my sports radio shows for the last twenty five years. So that's dope. Thank you. Yeah, so yeah, much yeah. For doing my, it. I my niece. Think that's awesome. My niece watches, and I mean, I mean, oh, that's she, great. She, 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 she didn't. She just needs to hear my voice. As long as she hears my voice, she goes and does her thing around the house. You know, throwing balls, whatever she's doing. As long as she hears my voice in the morning, she's good. Barrett, you know, wait a minute. I, I got to tell you though, you got me in trouble. What I do? What I do, man? No, you got me. In, you got me in trouble with my aunt because a couple days ago on the afternoon show, I was swearing like kind of a little too much, you know. So my aunt calls me up. <laughs> And she goes like this to me. I never want to hear MF out of your mouth. Barrett's really a nice guy. He says friggin'. He doesn't swear. Why are you swearing like that? What is wrong with you? I am never going to be behind you if you have that dirty language. I went, okay, all right. You did say MF yesterday. You didn't say the, you didn't say the word. You said MF instead of cussing the whole yeah, word. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I backed it up because yeah, you know, I got yeah, scolded. So just so you know, Mom Brooks, man, I mean, I, I get scolded, too, when I say a couple things that, you know, are a little bit over the line. So, no you know, I just, But, you you know, she's like, Barrett doesn't do that. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if I'm a good dude. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, hey, I mean, you, you, you hit something earlier. I mean, you hit something, you know, before we even got on the, on the, on the show. Um, man, I, I'm just praying for everybody. Um Oh, over yeah. in the east, you know, I mean, it's it's it's, it's over in terrible Ukraine. situation, terrible situation over there. You know, I mean, not just you know with the Russia situation, but China. You know, there's a lot going on in our country, man. So um, we need leadership. We, we need leadership. We, we, we and you know what? Do. I want to tell you this too, and I'll say it again. I don't care what anybody says on how I look at it. I'm not a Democrat or Republican. I'm an American. Right. right. And what I do is I don't root against the guy in the White House. Because that would be like you and me rooting against our head football coach to fail. Right. I'm not right. rooting for anybody to fail. He fails, we fail. We've got to support our troops. We got to support our people that are making decisions. I don't root against America. Now, do I like the things that are going on? Absolutely not. Do I like the direction? No. Do I like the indecisiveness? No. But we see that all the time in our business, Barrett, when we were players. Some coaches are like that. Yep. Some coaches are more steadfast. Some coaches won't listen. We've been around it all, and it's the same thing in leadership. Leadership, okay, it doesn't really have a definition of what the business is, whether it's a Fortune 500 company or a football team. You know leadership when you see it. You feel it. You understand it. The rest of the world feels it. The rest of the league feels it. So to me, it really does come down to conviction. Do you have America's proper convictions that what makes this country great? Because at the end of the day, man, I say this to you all the time about those guys in Washington, and I'll say it again. The people that we have in Washington, it just seems that they do not represent the American way of life sometimes. They have their self-interest. And the people that cover those people also don't have our best interest at heart with some of those stupid stories that they have. It's more about clicks nowadays than getting it right. I don't mean yeah, to go on some yep. rant here, but dude, man, I mean, this, uh, is, that, a, yeah. this is almost I, World War III here. You understand this, that absolutely. this is the first absolutely. time, Barrett, that we have seen a country do this, a nuclear country, do something like this since World War II. Yep, yep, yep. 
And this is absolutely something, you know, that I don't think a lot of people are taking serious. So I just wanted to make sure, you know, we understand sports is, is a great thing, but, you know, there's some serious stuff going on in this world. And I just want to acknowledge it before we got into it, man. But now that we're into it, in Philadelphia, it's all about James, man. James Harden, bro. It's all about hey, James. Hey, every, everybody's over on the stream going, hang on, did I tune into Fox? No, no, <laughs> you, you did not. You did not because there's only one thing. There, actually, there's two things in Philly right now. Hey, hey, Brooke Cilio, that's great what's going on over there. But we need a quarterback and Harden starting up tonight. <laughs> that's all I give a crap about here, okay? That's all I care about. Let me throw this. Well, let's start here with that. Let's do this. So Harden, Harden got dealt from Oklahoma City, goes to Houston. That never panned out to be a, a situation where he wins an NBA championship, scoring Night title close. MVP. He ate his way out of Houston, wanted to go and pick up his basketball and go to Brooklyn. Okay, so he gets his way. He goes to Brooklyn. All of a sudden, he realizes Kyrie Irving is who Kyrie Irving was. Um, KD's never the leader and never going to be a leader. He's just one of those dudes that will not – Kevin Durant will not win another NBA championship unless he gets hooked up with somebody like Steph Curry again, in my opinion. They're not winning in Brooklyn. So Harden now is in Philadelphia with Joel Embiid. Let me say this to you here. I think his I, – I think his legacy as an NBA player is on the line here in Philly. Yes. Do you? Yes. I mean, it's absolutely on the line because you can have all the scoring titles in the world, but you don't want to be the Dan Marino of, 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 of in the NBA. Made all these, put historic numbers up, did all that, but didn't win a Super Bowl. Yes, he has a gold jacket, but it's almost as like his career is unfulfilled because he didn't win a ring. Well, he wouldn't want to be that guy. He wants to win a ring. He deserves to win a ring when he puts in the effort during playoff situational basketball that's when he'll get a ring. You can't fade when it comes down to, you know, when it, when it gets hard, when, when, when games really count. I mean, I understand games count in the, in the, um, you know, during the season, but postseason is where you really get that badge of who you are. Um, if you're a star, that's how you become and, and get the identity you have. There's always going to be a question between LeBron and Mike because of the rings. And that's just what it is. It's going to be that way. The ring situation, championships, is what people gauge, you know, the the big-time star athletes. That's how they gauge who they are in history. Absolutely. And let me let, – you know, you, you mentioned Jordan here. I'm, I'm, I'm going to show you the difference between Jordan and LeBron, and I think this is completely what makes Jordan, in my opinion, the GOAT and will always be the GOAT. And I think that conversation was ended 10 years ago. I don't care how many scoring titles you have. I don't care how many – points you have I don't care how many assists you have now watch this conversation is LeBron the most versatile player in NBA history yeah you know what no he's a modern day Wilt Chamberlain yes okay he's a modern day Wilt Chamberlain he can play every position one through five he has been a great ambassador to the sport there's no shade on this and by the way when you're in that goat conversation see everyone thinks you're automatically in a camp of haters there's no hating on the two best players in the history of you a sport. You can't, no. I don't care what the sport is, right? I don't, exactly. But I think here's been the difference. LeBron didn't have a coach in high school that – or, excuse me, a college coach like Dean Smith. And then when it decided that it was going to turn the worm for Michael Jordan in Chicago, I mean, he had 
the Doug Collinses. He had the other guys that were in the room before Phil Jackson showed up. Phil goes to him and says this. You see, I always think he had someone to tell him no. Like Belichick in New England told Brady no. Phil said this to him. Hey, you want to win scoring titles? You're never going to win an NBA championship. You're just not. If Because when Phil showed up, Jordan doesn't win scoring titles anymore. He starts winning NBA championships. I don't know. I because don't know. He, Name me a great coach LeBron's been around. Ty Lue? I mean. <laughs> right. Okay. Frank well, Vogel? Didn't he have Phil down in uh, Miami? No, no he, he, had, Miami. he had Eric Spolstra. I mean, he had Eric Spolstra, and then he had. Uh, but, he had but he had Pat. He had yeah, Pat yeah. up in the rafters. Yeah, that's what's it. Yep. But, but And by the way, I actually think Eric Spolstra is probably the best coach he's ever had. Yep. You're in his right career, because yep. look at what Spolstra has done. You know, he took that team. In the bubble to the NBA Finals, with Jimmy Butler put his ass in there, and that team is really now you're starting to see again. Look at look at how many times Pat Riley has rebuilt the Heat. They win a championship with Shaq and D Wade. They turn around and they get Chris Bosh. They team him up with LeBron. They put the big three together. They win again. Now they're back to being a pretty competitive basketball team in the Eastern Conference again. In my opinion, Pat Riley's one of the best executives. But there's a great example, too, here. Look, maybe Spolster wasn't the one telling uh, LeBron no, but he was uh, – but it was Phil ja – it was Pat Riley that was telling him, no, nah, man, you ain't carrying that posse gun on our, on our plane. You ain't doing that. You're showing up. You're doing this. And that's why somebody – he always told LeBron no. The one thing with LeBron, you're going to have a fabulous time with him, but he's not going to be in your camp a long time. They're already talking – that he's wearing his welcome out in Los Angeles. That he may be. No, dealt. he already he already won his, wore his welcome out because he'll he, never uh, be revered like Kobe Barrett. He'll never be revered like Kobe there. I mean, you know, and the expectations of of you know being LeBron and LeBron going to L.A. I mean, I know that's kind of tough, but I mean, at the end of the day, man, you, he made some decisions that backfired on him right now, and now he wants to change those decisions. I mean, come on, man, you you brought you brought him in. You know what I'm saying? And and you know Westbrook hasn't hasn't fulfilled what he was brought in to do. So that's on you. You made that happen. So now you want to look at that like, oh, it's not my fault. You can't be that way. But I will tell you this: he's still he's still the second best player to ever play the game. Oh, and and, and there's no question about it. I'm going to make a comparison on James Harden. You tell me if you 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 buy into it. I think he's a modern day Carmelo Anthony in his mm. prime. Mm. Big mm. score. Very little defense, you know, likes filling up a box score. You know, it's not – I don't know if it's so much about winning a championship as it is more about filling out his legacy and resume. And, like, like to me, okay, so with Embiid on the floor, Embiid needs the ball in his hand, man. Okay, he needs the ball in his hand with his back to the board. Who takes the game-winning shot? I mean, in, in who takes it? You, it's under two minutes. Embiid's well, you know got what? a heck of a shot. I, I say this, Barrett, about Embiid. He is the closest thing to O'Neal, but he's a better free throw shooter and he's got a better perimeter shot. I, you know what? I think he's just he's defining himself as another player. I mean, I would I would more equate him to a Duncan. mixture of 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 Olajuwon and Shaq because he oh, can play he, he can play he can shoot threes he can he can shoot the perimeter jumper That's you know great. twelve and out fifteen and out he's he's not just a guy to play so in fact he plays he's taking his game from being more of a a, a facilitator 
and 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 loading it up because he was the only option to now understanding all right just when Jimmy Butler when Jimmy Butler was there he didn't mind Jimmy taking the shot he could sit back and allow him to do that and I think it'll be the same way here with um, him being with playing with with you know Harden because he understands that he wants to win a championship that's his sole purpose I mean he loves the MVP talk but he wants a championship because he knows like everybody else and all the big stars know when you win a championship it puts you up there with the upper echelon of people you know that that you know that you know at the end of their careers that's how these champions are gauged with that's how they're that's how they're looked upon into the future like all right this this guy was the number one player at that time he won championships that's who he wants to be Jimmy Jimmy Butler, Butler, I mean tell me something here you're you're here for that so they chose to keep Ben Simmons yes over Jimmy Butler yes they were trying to- hey hey I mean there's your f up Right. <laughs> okay. I right. mean, you chose that dude over that guy. He wasn't Why? all. He wasn't all the way. He wasn't all the way. You know, he wasn't. Oh, he all the way he wasn't the, ripe like he is now. Right. He had to. You know. No. I'm. I'm not. Not Jimmy. But Ben. Bennett. Bennett hit the wall. I mean, he's like. You know. He just hit the wall. You know, a year and a half ago, two years ago, he okay. hit the wall, man. Inside bubble. You know, from that point on. He just totally changed. He never he was never about the team concept. You know what I'm saying? You have yeah. to be a team player. There are no superstars that win by themselves, with the exception of individual sports. You know what I mean? He he he's he's never going to buy into him being you know a guy that can lead a team. He he wanted to lead a team, but he's just not built that tough. He's not built like that to win. You know a, a team. He's just not that type of player. Not to me, at least. Because no. he didn't show that tenacity to make sure he got others better. Hell, he didn't get himself better. Yeah. I mean, he, you know what? And, and Barrett, you and I talked about this. I mean, he didn't, couldn't even lead his LSU team to a tournament with 64 teams in it. Right. I mean, I mean, and, and they gave him, like we talked yesterday, they gave him the redshirt year in the NBA, and he was able to get his money, and he was able to do what. I mean, you're like, it was like the Sixers bent over so much for him. And you're right about Embiid, man. The guy's a lip out away from potentially going to an NBA Finals. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. God would have knows what would have happened if they got if that Sixer team would have got to the finals. We may be talking about a whole different concept here because Simmons would have been yep. on that team to win it. You know, instead of Toronto winning it, you're talking about a different dynamic there. So, yeah, I, I just, I, 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 what do you make of Doc Rivers? You think Doc is the perfect guy for this? Because look, I'm friends with Doc. I've known him since he was a coach in Orlando. Um, I'm a big, big fan of him. Um, I get this too. Think about it. Doc Rivers coached the greatest era of basketball in LA Clipper history. I mean, yep. outside of Larry Brown, a couple of years when he coached there, the greatest era of basketball was under Doc Rivers. And Doc wins the championship. With the original big three, we're kind of the original big three up in Boston. He's got a ring. People keep going back to that. I know Howard Eskin hates him. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't he does. really think <laughs> Howard doesn't like that. No, he calls him Glenn Rivers. Yeah, he Glenn Rivers. <laughs> he says there's only one doc in Philly. You know, I'm kind of okay with that actually. Right, right, right. That right. there's only one doc in Philly. But what do you make of Rivers? I think Rivers needs to change his philosophy just a little bit as it pertains to him being a. Um, uh, he wants to, he wants to have those 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 hockey substitutions. You can't just have a total team go out there. You Too know many rotations. You, I mean, 
sometimes you know you got to you got to let the big fella eat and you know all this saving guys going into the you know going into the playoffs you, you can't do that a player is going to play regardless he's going to play hard regardless I, I can't I don't, I don't think you can do that I don't think it, it it works um for for you know players to to make it to that next level I just don't think it works you know you don't have you can't have that much game management for a guy you know they got to play man players play players want to play all that you know sitting out stuff I, I mean I I don't like that. I, I just don't believe in that. Just I, like I, I think he acts too much like a player's coach at times yes. in the postseason, you know, and that or and as they're getting ready for the postseason, I think Doc steps off the gas pedal a little bit as they get ready for the postseason because he acts like a player when he's coaching those guys sometimes in the postseason. And you know, I asked Pat Riley about postseason coaching. He goes, man. If anything, you limit your bench. Yep. <laughs> you don't. You don't expand your bench. And sometimes I think Doc reaches down too far on the bench. Yeah. And he brings guys in, and all of a sudden you have a crucial turnover in a crucial situation. And you know, in a 40, 48 minute ball game, man, dude, you can't have any turnovers when you're playing against teams like Milwaukee. When you're playing, Boston's playing better basketball this year. They look real good. You can't yep. do that against experienced basketball teams, especially with really great backcourts like that. And I think sometimes he just reaches down that bench too far. That's been a criticism that I've had. Yeah, you can't do that, man. I mean, there are guys that play in the preseason. There are guys that play in the regular season. And there are guys that play during playoff. Um, playoff. You I mean, even, even when you look at, you know, NFL team towards the end, you know, like I, I tell people it's three seasons. It's four seasons in a, in a year. You got the preseason. You got, you know, halfway through the regular season. Then you start turning into playoff, you know, playoff type of, of football where you're starting to get your identity to, to, you know, where you are as far as, you know, picking and choosing where you're going to be at um, for the playoffs. And then you got playoff football, you know, and it, and it, it increases 20% at each one of those increments. When you get into the NBA playoffs, guys, as you, I mean, Shake Milton, I love you. That's my guy. Shake is my guy. I mean, he is my dude, man. I love Shake. You know, Shake came in and gave us, you know, He'll give us an honest 15 at the drop of a dime. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. during the playoffs, I don't need to see Shake. You got to <laughs> give me my horses. Keep my horses in the race. Don't bring Shake in the game. You can't do it, man. You can't put guys in there that, that aren't going to consistently give you quality minutes. And quality minutes meaning that, you know, it it doesn't go low, any lower than, you know, than the, when the starters are in there. I need my starters out there. You got to suck it up, man. That's what championship guys do. They suck it up. You'd have to tear me off the field in order for me not to play during the playoffs. I mean, you have to rip me off. You know what I'm saying? And I don't see I ain't coming out for nothing. Right. No, no. This is where I'm building my foundation. Yeah. This is where I'm building who I am. This yeah. is what they're going to make, uh, uh, you know, my bust after. You know what I'm saying? That's what they're going to have, me playing in the playoffs. And I don't see them doing that. You know, so, I, mean, I think he needs to change that aspect of his coaching. And uh, I think mean, I think Doc, you know, saying Doc is he's very capable, man. He's very capable. The, the players respect him, and as long as he has that respect, man, and he keeps, you know, keeps in mind that he cannot put guys in. You know, it's not like they don't deserve to be in, but they don't deserve to be in. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Not, not, <laughs> not when you're in the postseason. Like exactly. That. Okay, so tonight, over twenty-two and a half or under twenty-two and a half points for Harden. You know what? I, I think he's gonna go. I think he's gonna have over. He's gonna, he's, gonna, 
He's going to want to come in and be that dude, man. He's going to want to come in and be the guy, show you, here I am, make his debut. And I think the guys on the team are going to try to facilitate him and put him in that position also. So you think it beat feeds him too, to get come him on, going? Man. You can see him going on that pick and roll or, or going out here, you know, and B going out to the box. He kicks it in at B. He fakes a little bit, kicks it right out to Harden, hits the three. That's a, that's all day. Let's make that happen, man. Xander says over on the assist. Uh, that too. That too. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. too. Uh, I see. Let me think. Twenty-two and a half. He's going to want to come in there, and he's going to want to have Philly embrace him. So, man, he's going to. You're going to get. I think the best James Harden you could possibly get. He really wants this, and I'll yes. tell you what. He really. I think he really needs this too. Yes, he does. Because you listen. There's got to be so many landing spots. Eventually, you start doing this, man. Okay, Whoa. let's see. Oklahoma City, Houston, Brooklyn. That's fourth team now. Dude, superstars don't land on four teams. I get LeBron, but LeBron delivered championships. That's the difference. At every one of those places. I mean, you talk of the difference between LeBron. Watch this. Okay. He had to leave Cleveland to learn how to win a championship. He goes to Miami. That worked. He goes to Cleveland again. That worked. Yep. He goes to L.A. Hey, I'll tell you what. It may not look good right now, and I know that. The first couple of years, it didn't look good, too. But they did win a championship. They won a chip, Brooks. Well, you know what I mean? I mean, he third team now that LeBron took a team. That's Shaq, same thing. Orlando, it worked. L.A., it worked. Miami, it worked. James Harden's got to make this Philly thing work. He would, and, and he's got to make it work. And I think he's more serious about winning a championship. He's got the money. He's got the accolades. Now it's time to put that that ring on his resume. And I think that's why he wanted to come to Philadelphia in the first place. He believes he can win a ring here, and that's why he was so adamant about being here. Now he went to, to the Nets, because that's logical, man. You go to Nets because, number one, KD calls you. And yep. if he calls you, you got to go answer. So they should have won a championship last year. Yep. But everything fell apart. He had the injury. You know, KD, and, you know, and, and who knows what's going on, you know, with, with – um, What's his name? Um, the point. What's his name? Um, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie. Who knows what's going on with Kyrie? They should have won a ring. That's the best three players in the world scoring guys in the world, right there. I'm not. I'm not going to play with a guy that thinks the world's flat. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that dude went to Duke too, man. Or at least for one game, he did. I'm just. Well, yeah. I'm, like, just, I'm not. On, hey, man. man. I'm not. I, if that dude thinks the world's flat, I don't know, man. I've already got a suspect issue with that guy right there. <laughs> Like, he's one of the world flat guys, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I mean, man, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me let me roll do that, this man. I don't see it either, man. I don't see. Let it me either, roll man. this into you here. Um, we've been talking at length about the amount of resources that the Eagles have in the offseason here, with all the money, all the draft picks, all the things that they're going to be able to do. And I, I was so happy because I didn't know this. I think it was on Tuesday. You brought it up that Howie's contract is up. How much of this offseason do you believe we're looking at is going to determine the length of his tenor as general manager? Like you said yesterday, you said yesterday that there's two Howies. I, I, I want to know what you think the owner's looking at here. Does it matter? Is he stable? Is he going to get a long-term extension? Does this offseason really matter? Is it the fact that he got everything in this position? He'll get a long-term extension. 
How do you think Gloria looks at his tenor and tenure here with the Eagles and what it, how vital is Howie to the owner of the Eagles? Maybe that's the better question. You know what? I'm going to tell you the truth. To answer that question is, is not really what the owner thinks. You know, Jeffrey Lurie loves Howie. And regardless of how this draft works out or not, he's going to sign Howie to a long-term deal. I mean, Howie does not even listen to any of the outsiders when it comes to Howie. His job is secure. And I'm going to say that. I mean, his job is ironclad. They tried to get him out of here. No, they sent him somewhere else. Howie not only put him um, – he was put in a different place, but he was given yeah. a raise to go do it. He was given a raise. So now that he's back, he's not going anywhere. You can see the situation in which, you know, Howie Roseman and the owner are, are like this. You know what I'm saying? So he's not – I mean, regardless of what goes on in this draft and this draft going forward, Howie can be here as long as he wants to be here. Now, what I'm going to tell you about Howie is Howie cares about what people think about him, Howie listens to all the naysayer, Howie wants to be that dude in Philadelphia. And he wants to make a big splash. So it's not necessarily what the owner thinks, but I think it's more so that Howie, he wants to be great. And that's why, you know, it, it hurts him sometimes because he wants to be a guy to say, look, you know, this is what I did. So he wants to be the smartest person in the room. So that it's almost counterintuitive because he makes bad decisions thinking he's the only guy that knows what's going on, that he knows best. And sometimes you need to bow down and, and let others do what they're paid to do. They're better at doing than you are. So I think that hurts him a lot in the aspect that, you know, he thinks that, all right, well, I, I can go get Jalen Rager and make him a great player instead of going and getting a great player. So I think he wants to go in and 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 from this point on show, all right, I'm done with doing that. I want to make sure that you see that I'm a great GM. I've already started last year with last year's draft. Let me show you as we go forward, we're going to get the player we need to get as we go forward. You know, he wants to solidify – um, who he is as a GM and being one of the best GMs in the league. He hears all that stuff. He wants to be that guy. But, 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 Barrett, that means then to me what you're saying is that the general manager is more powerful than the head coach. Did you think any different? Well, I told well, you well, it can't, but, but, but that's what gets in the way of winning. Well, I, I, I know that. There, there's no, there's, look, look at the places where the GMs, and I, and I make this point to people all the time. Look at the places where the front office has the power over the head coach. Dallas is a great example. Dude, these guys trip over themselves constantly with poor decision-making, poor contracts, overloading their salary caps, all of that stuff. I mean, look at the places. Uh, Los Angeles with the Chargers. Tom Telesco is more powerful than Brandon Staley. I think that's why you're seeing a lot of these Younger coaches today being hired because the owners want these GMs to have more push and more say. Look at Steve Kime. Steve Kime in Arizona right now. I would say that Steve Kime has more power than what Cliff Kingsbury has in that building. You know, you're constantly saying this now. We're all doing this. Is 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 Cliff Kingsbury really the guy that is going to take Kyler Murray to the next level? Kyler Murray. Again, had a little bit. I saw today that they said that, no, we're all on the same page. Everything is really good, this and that, what have you. But at the end of the day here, man, these GMs that have the power, I think you get in I think you get in the way on Sundays. And it proved out how in the world – here, Barrett. How in the world do the Eagles unravel 
from that from 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 that parade, it the unraveling began because of the power struggle in the front office between the coaching staff and the general manager. Man, I get egos getting away. Jimmy Johnson, Jerry Jones, it broke that whole thing up. But man, you this is what made New England so special. Those two guys may have hated one another, and I don't believe they did, Brady and Belichick, because when you're there for 20 years, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's, no, it's not a much hate as you it, say it, 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 it. Yeah. They may not have had, you know, the relationship where you're playing golf and you're playing pinochle or whatever, you know, you're playing spades or whatever with one another. You you, you may not be that guy, but, I mean, 20 years you had the greatest success in the history of the league. The Eagles, man, that is a dynamic that has to be addressed. Kevin Colbert, you know this. You played with Kevin. Kevin is not there to be the front and center guy. You know what Kevin does for me? Kevin will not do regular season interviews because he doesn't want to get in the way of Mike Tomlin and anything that Mike Tomlin. Anytime I get Kevin Colbert on my show, I had him on here last year. Kevin always does it for me uh, prior to the draft. He'll do it again this time. And he'll, he'll never come on during the year. He doesn't want to get in the way of Mike Tomlin. How he wants to get in the way. Am I wrong where I'm looking at this? No, no, no. You, I, I told you before. We, we spoke about this, you know, I think on Tuesday. The Eagles front office, meaning ownership and the GM and everybody underneath them, think that they won that Super Bowl. It wasn't – it was a culmination of what the team they put together and what they had on the field, not necessarily the chemistry and the camaraderie of the team and the coaching from them, but they won that Super Bowl. So that's why you look at, um, you know, Doug – was 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 a guy that was you know he, he was disposable income you know what I'm saying All right, we can find another one just like him or we can you know just like it's almost like a, he's almost like a, a, a property that you own that you you, you rent out you know oh. isn't this a carbon copy of what we saw with Jordan's documentary the last dance I mean Jerry Krause believed he yes. built the dynasty yes and you know what and, he, and look he's the guy that got Kuko he's the guy that went and found Pippen he's the guy that got Dennis Rodman to come and play. He's the guy that found Horace Grant. He's the guy that had Cartwright. He got. He's the guy that put all the pieces around Jordan. He's the guy. And then at the end of the day, they went to Phil Jackson the same way they went to Doug Peterson, didn't they? And they went, yep. hey, Phil, we're not going to re-sign you. And Ooh. they thought in the building, Reinsdorf, the owner, you know, had trusted Kraus. They won all those champions. Remember something about that Bulls team. Nobody knocked them off as being champions. Money did. Yep. The management, look at what management did to that Bulls run. It was management that ripped that team apart. They never had the affordability like the Lakers of the Magic Johnson era or Larry Bird's Celtics. They never had a chance, Barrett, to run that thing out of gas. They, The Bulls were ripped apart because of ego. Yep. And I think that's the same thing that happened in Philly, that this thing fell apart in the locker room. Plus, you had that extra dynamic of Foles. The worst thing, the worst thing ever happened was Foles going in and playing as well as he did. Yes, it did because it caused a it caused a rift. It caused a rift in the, in the organization because Carson couldn't live up to those expectations, and he wasn't trying to live up to those expectations, and. Because of that, it it hurt, it hurt him. It hurt his pride. 
But then also when you have the organization saying, all right, we put these guys in place, we can put anybody in this position and make them win. It kind of solidified it when the Eagles made the playoff this year. They We got Nick Sirianni, a, a, a coach that nobody was even thinking about making a head coach. And here we are. We gave him an opportunity. Now he's going in and, and, and went into the playoffs. That's their way of thinking. They believe that they build championships. And, you know, until he somebody proves them different, they continue to believe that. So Howie Roseman will be there regardless whether he want him there or not. It depends on when he wants to leave that he'll step down. I have a guy that pro football focused um, is saying that the Eagles may want to go after. I want to throw it at you, and I want to get your opinion on it. We'll do that next. You keep it here on the middle. Barrett Brooks, Dan Cilio in for Harry Mays. Back in three. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian in my heart. I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the Middle Bear Brooks and Silio in for Harry Mace. Thanks for coming aboard with us here. Well, well, Barrett, just to finish up that conversation in the last block, who do you give the most credit for then for uh, for leading that team to a Super Bowl, Doug or Howie? Doug. I mean, 
I see because because Howie has never been in a football uniform out there and playing and understanding the dynamic between a player and a coach. It's kind of hard for him to understand, you know, what it is to 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 really buy into a guy. I've been around organizations where nobody cared about. We had the most talent in the world, but nobody cared about the you know coach. So they we didn't win. We had you know loads of talent. You can put all the talent on one team and still lose because nobody believes in the coach. And I, I think that's a dynamic that people don't give um, you know a credit to a coaching staff for doing. Because you know you you could have you can go out and buy look at the Washington teams where they had like Dion they had everybody oh, yeah. on the team Woodson you name it they had everybody in Washington hell that Philly had, team that Andy that Andy had where he brought not the and you know Vince Young and all them dudes that exactly. was a star studded team exactly but you know if you don't have the right coach right. to lead those men it does not matter what you do and then the way they won the Super Bowl you know people fall off you know people that Howie Roseman had paid in free agency fell off and didn't play and 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 guys that were backups came in and played well that's because the relationship between the coaching staff and the trust they had in those players which allowed them to win in spite of people being hurt and injured you know jason peters one of the best left tackles ever played the game he was out the entire time you know he had big v come in and and um and and start in a super bowl so you know that relationship between you and the coach and the team buying into what that coach is saying is a lot more than what people give credit for in that organization. You know, you know, it, it just seems there's too many people to appease in Philly. Yeah, well, that's they're just I mean, it's like a boardroom. I mean, this to me, this see, I look at New England and how they build their organization. You know, most organizations with coaching staffs, most of them have about 25 to 28 guys on them. Do you know that the New England Patriots have 15? That means this. They're more engaged. They're all involved in special teams. They're involved in their player positions. They don't have a bunch of people. They don't go to people. I, this guy, Mike McCoy, he was the head coach of the Chargers. He was terrible. He would go around asking the garbage man, hey, what do you think of this play? And you, man, when you get people giving you that kind of input, you don't need it, man. You've got to have conviction. We were talking about leadership, and it seems that Philadelphia is always going to want a guy to some extent like Jerry Jones wants a guy in Dallas. They don't want a real strong-minded, strong-willed coach in Philadelphia. And to me, like you and Seth say, I think Doug just said this. He's going to kick the can down the road and say, forget it. I'm out of here, man, because they don't want – and don't you think, Barrett, that that's a trend when you see these Kevin Stefanskis or these Matt LaFleurs or these Brandon Staley's or Cliff Kingsbury's hired. Get this. That story with Kingsbury is crazy. He gets fired because he sucked at Texas Tech. Right. That's <laughs> the OC job. And he's – by the way, he doesn't have a 500 record at, at Texas Tech. He gets the OC job with Clay Helton in USC, and all of a sudden, Steve Kime calls him and says, how'd you like the head coaching job for the Cardinals? Duh. Of course <laughs> I'm going to take that. He rolls in there because he knows that Josh, um, what's his name, Rosen sucks, and he says, we got to get a quarterback. I mean, but these coaches today, I, that's why when Lovey got hired, I was like, Lovey's a strong-willed dude, man. He's You're, you're not going to push things past Lovey Smith. Lovey is a conviction dude. 
and he's going to tell you how he feels, whether you like it or not. But he's see, one Dan, of the Mike Tomlin there. guys. Yeah. But you know Mike Tomlin, he'll put Ben Roethlisberger on blast. He don't exactly. care who it is in the room, right? Exactly. But, you know, that's a perfect point. You know, look at the last two hires that the um, – that the Eagles have had, you know, Doug, Doug was an unknown to everybody else. You know, Doug was, wasn't even in a coaching head coaching conversations with a lot of people. Was he in Kansas city with Andy? He was with Kansas city. And he was there for two years as an, um, as an offensive coordinator that didn't call plays. And because he was coaching and with the Eagles and then he went back and he was like a quad control, control guy. Then, you know, and then he went back to high school. He was coaching high school before Andy Reid called him back up to uh, to coach with him. And then Andy gave him a referral to the Eagles. And because Andy's word and Jaworski's word, they hired Doug. Well, Doug was quiet for the first year because he was learning the business. He was learning how to be a head coach. But then he started dropping them. Then he started making decisions on his own. And he started winning which put him in a position now he can get more power. But as he started getting more power, the organization up front, like, look, hey, hold, hold off now. You know, we don't want that coach. We're like, well, how are you going to tell me what coaches I want in my, you know, on my team? I'm spending all this time with these guys. I'm with them until 12 o'clock at night. I'm with these players until 12 o'clock at night. I'm talking to the, you know, uh, building these game plans, researching, watching film, getting these plays. I'm doing all that. How are you going to tell me the guys I almost spend the most of my time with more so than my family would? You're going to try to put a guy that I don't even want there? No, I'm not having that anymore. You got to give me more. I am a Super Bowl winning coach. And then he started thinking like that, and that's when he was out there. That's when he was out. Let me throw this at you here. So free agency's coming up here, and I believe now you could start, as I said a couple of days ago, franchise tagging people and that transition tag stuff right now. Most organizations wait till the very last minute to see what people are doing. So I think Doug that Peterson, <laughs> right. Yeah. How about this one here? Um, just Justin Houston. Mm-hmm. What do you make of him? Does he have anything left in the tank? PFF believes that the Eagles will make a play for him and look at him. They're talking a one year deal at 7 million bucks. He had four sacks. I believe come off the top of my head. I think it was with Baltimore. I think he was there. He's got 102 career sacks. I know back in the early part when he was in Kansas City, I think he had 22 one year. So he's a sack guy. Is that somebody that you would take? I think it was Baltimore. Barrett, I may be wrong on that, but I thought he was in with the Ravens a year ago. Is $7 million too much? Is that somebody you'd look at to try to bring in and maybe strengthen that defensive line, especially on the edge? Well, you know why they're doing that? They want to. They want to have the same scenario they had with Chris Long. Chris Long gave them the needed reps that they need on third down productivity. Now, if they use them in that capacity, they tried to do it with Carrigan this year. Carrigan just didn't have enough left. He didn't have enough gumption. You know, he just wasn't. He just wasn't. Were you shocked by that? Yes, I was. Because I thought I thought it actually was a great sign for the amount of money they signed him for. I thought that was a great sign for the production that I've seen him play with with limited um with limited reps. He only played like maybe like 45% of the time when he was playing with Washington. Then he comes here and I come to find out he's playing like 6% of the reps and he has like one or two sackles, yeah. uh no sacks until the end of you know the end of the year. He he, he had no production. I mean you didn't even know he was on the field at the time. 
And we can't afford to have that. Houston balled when he was with, you know, uh, Kansas City. Will he have some production if he came here? I'm hoping so. Maybe we get lightning in the bottle like we did with um, Chris Long. Is that a, is that somebody that I say would uh, you know that can come in and be some give some? Would you rather go in the draft than him? I'd rather go in the draft, but if we want instant results now, Houston will probably be the better guy. But I, I don't think they're going to go in that direction. I think they're going to go in the draft with the first pick, and they might even bring him in. You know, even with that first pick. They might even bring him in anyways, you know, because they need that veteran out there. You know, they they already have BG, but we don't know what BG is going to come in and, and, and how he's going to play. I believe BG is going to come back and be full speed. I think he's going to be raring to go. He has a lot to prove. Uh, he wants to be in the league for as long as he can be in the league. So I think he's going to be a max effort guy. He's going to give you like eight to nine sacks every year. But I think Houston will kind of be around the same type of production, you know, Pro eight or nine focus. sacks. Pro Football Focus, whatever you think of them, has him rated as a 38th out of 50 potential free agents. Also, too, there's another guy that they're looking at, DJ Reed, cornerback, that they're looking at. They're potentially saying that the Eagles could sign him to a two- or three-year contract as somebody that they could put on the other side of Darius Slay. Do you think they'll go – see, Howie went out and he, he struck gold with Darius Slay. And to me – these free agent signings now, I mean, Justin Houston, I think it's his 11th or 12th year. Man, that's a lot of miles. Yeah, it is. That's a yeah, lot. And, and he played 15 ball games a year ago, and he only had four sacks. So I don't I don't remember if they put him in situational, like you said, uh, situational. It's like if a guy's only playing 50% of the game and he's only playing on third down snaps, four sacks, if you look at production, it's not terrible. But then again, you have to look at salary. Seven million? I don't know. I mean, do I want to spend that kind of money? Maybe on a one-year deal, like you said, if you could solidify getting more people on the ground, would that be somebody I would look at? I would definitely look at this kid Reed. Okay, he's ranked 48th out of 50. Okay, I understand. Maybe instead of a three-year deal, a two-year contract. I'm just wondering how how active they're going to be in free agency, especially when you have all of these draft choices. See, to me, again, you know, I was talking to Merrill Reese about this yesterday. You know, years ago, even in our time, Barrett, coaches had five years. Yes. Okay? Yes. Dick Vermeil's first two years, they stunk in Philly. Today, if he had that same record... <laughs> <laughs> He'd have been fired in the third year. He'd be out the door. No question about Dick that. Vermeil does not get the time to build and rebuild the Eagles into a championship football caliber team because today we have the attention span of a net. So, I mean, free agency, it kind of like, 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 look at the Rams. The Rams pushed all in. And believe me, Sean McVay, he's 36 years old, Barrett. He's been to two Super Bowls and he's got to win. This guy's younger than his than his starting left tackle. I mean, it's crazy to think that. So, will they change philosophy? I know how he wants to be a star on draft day, but do free agency can really turn the worm and really make your football team a lot better, really quick if you hit on one of these guys. Well, I think that's where Howie has done his most work. He's done his best work when it came to free agency, bringing people in. Although this free agency. Um, this last year absolutely sucked, you know what I mean? Because they I mean, they brought in Eric Wilson. They cut him not even halfway through the season. 
I mean, he came in, he had me going, you know, he's talking all this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I'm on a plant-based diet now. And, you know, I've been, you know, taking martial arts, you know, so I've become more explosive. He went out there and got his ass kicked. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No wonder why Minnesota, you know, jetted him without giving him an, um, a, a contract or even um, asking him, you know, to, to, to a contract. He totally sucked. He also, you know, didn't, you know, have a great free agent when it comes to, you know, like I said, the defensive end, you know, so, but years prior free agency is where he's been making this. Hey, he's been, he's been in a position where he's brought in a lot of guys that perform very, very well. So I think he will make a splash in free agency. They have plenty of money of the cap to do that. And I think that's, you know, it's almost an embarrassment of riches because, you know, you, not only do you have draft picks, but you're under the cap as far as they are. Carson's off the contract. They're not paying a quarterback. There's only four guys that really are denting the salary yes. cap going into. And, you know, that leads me into Fletcher Cox now with you. Um, $18 million is the number this year. What do you think of that? What do they do with Fletcher? $18 million bucks is on the books. For oh, he'll be an eagle. The- he'll be an eagle. Eighteen. Million. Yes, yes, he'll be and and because they can't afford to cut him. Number one, nobody's going to trade him for that contract from what he's done the past two years, because he hasn't had the numbers and he hasn't been playing up to you know what we've seen him play. He won't get a sniff from anybody in in, in free agency. Okay, another move. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the stream is ready. They ready to cuss you out already. <laughs> oh, hey, hang on, another move. Okay. I go to a team that needs a defensive tackle. I need a I I go to a team that needs defensive line help. I will pick up 60 to 70% of the contract and pay him. In return, you get no ball ready. I see people hang on. And I get a third round or a second round draft choice for Fletcher Cox. I pick up 60% because like you said, no one's taking that number, dude. No, no one. You're going to, you, you're going to have to pay like the Eagles did last year for some of that number on what they did with Carson. Yep. So if you're going to get this guy, get the draft pick because the draft pick, that's the hidden value in this. Okay, you need to rebuild your team. You think on defense, you need to stockpile here. I'll pick up sixty-five percent to seventy percent of that contract, eighteen million dollars. I want a third, maybe a fifth. Yep, a third or maybe a player that you have on that team. I'll send you Fletcher Cox. I think that's very doable. I, they would want that. They would take that deal all day. And um, I mean, you saw what happened. What's his market value, in your opinion, Fletcher? Do you think if he was put out there like that, in that type of package, do you think that he'd be a third or fourth rounder? He'd be a third or fourth. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, third or fourth rounder. If they wanted to take the contract straight up, if they didn't want to take the contract, I think they could. um, And and like you said, pay six percent of it. It had to be a two or three. You know, we'd have to get some – we'd have to get a higher draft pick if we're going to take up the contract. But if we're going, you know, just just flat-out trade, he's going to be probably even a thir- third or fourth, probably even a fourth if you're going to eat that contract. Go to the Chargers who need a D lineman. 
go to the Chargers and go like this. They didn't make the playoffs, too. Yep. And you're going to be somewhere kind of in the middle of the third round. And you go like this, like you say, the 60%. Give me a third and a fourth or third and a fifth or a third and a player. Or you package this up, too. Guess who else is a free agent? Mike Williams. Mm. There's your number two guy. Now, do I think they're going to franchise tag Mike Williams? Probably. Oh, there's no question they are. Okay. Yep. But like this, going along with free agency here, you go like this. I'll tell you what. I'll send you Fletcher Cox. We'll pick up 60%. You send me back Mike Williams. I would I would do the deal. Because you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to renegotiate um Williams contract anyways. They're not gonna oh, yeah. let him go then. You're gonna have to redo it. So that's gonna be money on your books. So you're gonna have to pay money and put money on the books for, for Mike Williams. That'll be a tough negotiation, but it's, it's very feasible because you're getting a number two wide, probably even a number one wide receiver when it comes to the Eagles. You know, a guy that's been tested, a guy's battle ready. You see what he did in the playoffs? Yeah. He would probably be your number one. That way it'll be a comfortable transition for, for Smith to go in and, and really be a guy that's no, you know, no pressure on him. I bet you he would ball out of control then. You think Fletcher's got anything left in the tank? I haven't seen it. Now, now, from, now, a, now, from now, a prize standpoint, I think he's going to come back this year with a vengeance because they talked about him so much, because he hasn't, you know, played up to expectations. I see him coming and having a tip on his shoulder and going in and, and working out this offseason like he needed to work out, working out like a, you know, like a like a banshee, just wanting to go out and rip people's heads off. I think he comes back with that type of demeanor this year. It should have been last year, but it's, he's definitely going to come back like that this year, for sure. Let me, let me, let me. You know, I think sometimes when you have coaching transitions like that, you go from Jim Swartz and that guardrail defense that he had to what Jonathan Gannon was trying to do. Don't you agree? Sometimes, and 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 Barrett, you've gone from organization to organization. When you when you go from one team to another team, John Lynch told me this a couple of years back. You never really get the best out of your players until they understand what's being totally asked of them with a new coaching staff. I don't I know. I mean, with, you, know, you know, watch this. When, you, when you're Fletcher Cox and you're playing in one system for so many years, you line up in a three technique, you're out here I'd lined up on a three, and all of a sudden Jonathan Gannon wants you to kind of cheat to a zero technique, and he still wants you to hit the hole, and you're being called all these different types of defenses. It's a new foreign language. Your three technique back in that time is now a completely different three technique terminology-wise. I've always thought this, Barrett, maybe you agree or disagree. I've always thought that that player is going to be a step slower because he's still thinking, do I put my head in a zero technique, three technique, one technique? Do I tilt? What am I doing here? Am I holding them up so the linebacker can scrape down the line of scrimmage, not making sure that that – Dan, that's it not- right there. Dan, that's it right there. You can stop right there. The reason why I think that, you know, he was a step slower and he didn't have as much production is, number one, yes, he should have, you know, he should have uh, went in, in in a lot better shape and, and go in as a dominating player. That's number one. But number two, what they're asking him to do. See, Gannon came from Minnesota. And Minnesota defensive linemen, that's a, that's a, that's a linebacker-based system. You know, he's, they saying, he's saying those DTs are slugs. Yeah, yeah. 
So they want they want the linebackers like two gappers. Be, yeah, yeah. They want the linebackers to make all the plays. That's why they had, you know, Kendricks, they had Barr. All those guys make the plays while the guys up front just take up blocks. And he's not that type of player. He is a gap control, get up the field. Not gap control, but a get up the field, penetrate the gap, and create havoc. He's not that guy that wants to take on a double team, squat, turn his shoulders, and sit down in a hole. He wants to bust through the double team and get to the player. And it didn't work in the system because the linebackers weren't activated as, as far as how they – And they're not the good enough. Yeah, they're not hitting it downhill like they're supposed yeah. to. So okay. here you are stopping and almost not really two gap, but you're – filling that hole, and the linebackers still staying deep. So that means you're getting double teamed back to the linebackers, which is totally against what he is as a player. He wants to get up, penetrate, and create havoc. So until Gannon gets players like that, this defense will suck. He needs to change his system to more of a gap penetrating instead of a gap control type of defense. And you, you, you and, and, and this is really going to go into – a little bit next week when the combine talk starts and the draft stuff next week that yes, you and I will get into. I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you. Wherever you go, it matters. Because I'm going to show you something matter. here. Barrett, when I was – you 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 laid it out perfectly. So our defensive system, by the way, which was the system that Jimmy put into Dallas. Oh, 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 you know, let's, let's get that – let's get on the break when we come back. Because I want to I see – I want to break it down like that, man. I want to really Because I'm going to tell you, man, he used the same system – in in at Miami that he did in Dallas, and you, you're so right on why Fletcher may have had a down year. Okay, we're gonna hit on that. We'll talk a little bit more about the upcoming combine. We'll do a little bit more of that too. James Harden. Hey, back in three minutes. Keep it here on the middle. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle. Dan Cilio in for Harry Mays. Barrett Brooks here. I love their conversation, man. I'm going to continue it here in a sec, but I want to throw a stat at you here. By the way, I'm a huge list guy. I love lists. Um, <laughs> Eagles since 2000, Barrett, have won 14 playoff games. Here's the rest of the teams in the NFC East. Giants 10, Cowboys 3, Washington 1. So since 2000, the Eagles have pretty much doubled up almost the entire division. So this goes to Howie and this goes to what that front office, I mean, you know, people could take a dump on what they've done. They've dominated the division since 2000. They got a Super Bowl in there. I mean, right? I mean, they've dominated the division. So when 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 the media in Philly looks at Howie and goes, this guy sucks, he's this, I know there was gaps in there. But I'm saying that that front office has a leg to stand on when they're talking about success. 14 postseason wins. Giants are second with 10. Cowboys three. Washington one. You know, you can keep saying whatever you want about Howie Roseman, but. He's shown shown the ability to to, to build teams. But I think he gives himself a little too much credit for for the production of these teams um, on the field. He's too loud. Yes, yes. Well, not necessarily loud, but he's one of those guys that will be, I told you so. You know what I'm saying? He he loves a lot of that, boys, and he also loves the I told you so. And I don't know if there's any room in as, as far as being a GM for that. You know what I'm saying? 
Not yeah, for real, you, for real. You know, you know, your results are on the – look – Oh, yeah, I told you so. It was in fourteen playoff wins, not your. So you win. don't have, yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to boast. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's proven product out there. You don't have to see. Tell that's maybe what I mean by loud, Barrett. Is yeah, that, yeah, you know, yeah. He, he brags about his successes. No question. Do you, do you not see what I've done? You see what I put together? Yeah, you know, you know, Doug did okay, but you know, I was the reason why. You can't, you know, you can't give yourself a data boy for that, man. Yeah, we 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 hired Doug, you know. Right, you know? right, yeah. <laughs> we brought Doug in. All right, you know, we were talking about Fletcher, and Fletcher's making eighteen million. That number's on the cap this year for them. That's a big number, and I I, 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 was, I was explaining, and you're exactly right, man. Because look, I think when you bring a new system in, to me, he had it ass backwards. Yep. Jonathan Gannon. He thought his linebackers were going to make plays, and he put his defensive line in a position to be the slug two gappers. And I'll explain what, what Barrett was talking about. When I played at Miami, man, they lined us up in a three and a one, and you hit those gaps. Jimmy believed in penetration because you know the worst thing that an offensive lineman, he hates this, penetration. No question. That, Kills guy, all gets, plays. that guy gets it. If I'm two gapping, man, Barrett's like this. Man, this Barrett's got a day off. Yep. <laughs> if we're two gapping, even if I'm running him back and I'm making him, that's a win for him. Even if he lands on his back and he pulls me with him, that's a win for him. But when you're two, when you're single gap and you're doing what me and Jerome did, bam, you're hitting that gap. Man, you're knocking the plane of the guy pulling. You're knocking scoops and slips off. Man, you screw a play up more with that kind of style of play. If you have the right four guys, now you have to have the right four guys to be able to do that with to make plays. I went to Tampa, Barrett. I had never played nose guard in my life. I didn't know what the position entailed. <laughs> I had I don't know why. I mean, I was saying this my second week. Why the frig did they draft me there, man? I mean, I, I this is not what I do. I get up the field, make plays, get in the backfield, TFLs and sacks and tackles for loss. That's I'm here doing this. Bang. Linebackers have to make the play. Bang. I'm going up against Kevin Glover. Bang. I got to keep Kevin from getting up on the back or Eric Andelsack when he was alive, God rest his soul. Boom, I'm doing – that wasn't my gig. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of what Fletcher was asked to do. That's and that's exactly why those guys were behind. And that's why, what was it? When they were two and five, he went to the coaching staff and said, hey, I don't know what we're doing here. Well, you know, if, if you put him in a system where he's, 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 it's a, if it's a linebacker dominated system, like you, you look at, um, you look at the Ravens back when they had Ray Lewis, Sarah Goosa yeah. was just a block. He just a block eater upper. He just, he just, he just ate up two or three guys trying That's to move. That's Ray them. Lewis behind you. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I'm saying? You got Suggs, you got Ray Lewis, you you got some linebackers out there that can run, that can make some things happen. They they don't they had, you know, TJ Edwards show us showed some promise, start hitting things downhill, being more aggressive. And then Singleton, you know, saw what he was doing and started doing it a little bit. But if you if you have a they team, don't have any hunters. Nobody wants that, that they don't have that guy. I tell you all the time, when I used to look across the line of scrimmage and I see Ray Lewis there, I know he could tear some things up. So I knew I had to get to him. And when you look at the Eagles, I don't see much fear in me getting to Alex Singleton. That's my dude, too. I love Alex. 
But at the end of the day, I would no love shade. playing against Allen. He's a little guy. I would just, I would just hug him, I'd grab, grab him, and hug him, and keep him close to me, man, all day long. You know what I'm saying? Because he couldn't run through me. <laughs> I'm gonna grab him, bring him <laughs> into me, and we just take a long walk. You know what I'm saying? Just a long walk. You know, and and then because they be like Texas two step. You'd be like Texas two step with the dude, man. Hey, hey, watch this. And you know what? It's like when you when you get ready to. Well, when you see them movies, when they're getting ready to kill you, easy now, dog. Don't go nowhere now. I got you here. Nobody's going to get hurt. But I'm going to let you go. Just, just suck it up. Just suck it up, man. And, you know, but when you have guys like, like Sam Mills or Hardy Nickerson, Oof. Hardy Nickerson would run straight through you, man. Oh, hardware came at you, didn't he? <laughs> Bro, I remember one time I was cussing, man. I was in there. I was cussing up a storm. And Guy McIntyre turned around and said, hey, you're going to stop all that cussing. I kept on cussing anyway. Hard Nixon said, hey, hey, rookie, <laughs> shut up. Don't you say another word. Oh, he was he was that guy. Bro, and I did just like this. Yeah, yes, sir. And went back to the huddle. Didn't say anything. So got back to her and I said, I told you. I didn't say nothing else the entire day, man. None of it. This is my first hey, game hey. playing, too. My first game I played against, uh, my first re- uh, regular season game was against Tampa Bay in, in, in uh, 95. And I was like, yes, sir. Went back to the huddle. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey. I, I got I got a, a it's a Wilbur Marshall story. So we go up to Gainesville, and Wilbur is a incredible hitter. I mean, this guy knocked the chicklets out of your face, man. He <laughs> was intimidating. He was chicklets mean teeth, people. Te- he means dude, teeth. man. <laughs> I'll tell you this when he spoke. Everybody on the field. So he hits Alonzo Highsmith and he knocks his ass down and almost out through the goalpost. And he gets up in his face and he's talking to Alonzo. And I am standing there and on the sidelines, I go, Hey, what did Wilbur say to you? He goes like this. He told me he was going to kill me. And I said to him, I go, What did you say back to him? He goes, I told him I believed him. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> I told guys, I believed them. <laughs> you know, certain guys you just didn't play with, man. Like I was playing against uh the Raiders, and they had time. They had you know Chester McLaughlin, you know God rest his soul. Oh yeah, and Pat Swilling with the Raiders, right? So the first half, great pass rusher. We're killing them, man. We're you know we're killing them, man. We ain't do they can't do anything with us. And I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm pass block against uh, pass Willing, and I'm killing. I'm like, oh, I'm kicking your tail, yada yada yada. So we're going to have time. And guy Mac once again, hey man, you better stop talking to him, man. Leave him alone. <laughs> Let a sleeping bear lie. <laughs> so we walk in, and we're going into the locker room. I'm steady talking crazy. Oh man, I'm kicking your butt. Da, 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 da. Okay, he turned around. He had a high voice too. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. You about yeah. to see Sweet Swill? You about to see Sweet Swill? So guy <laughs> Mac turned around and said, I told you to be quiet. Watch. <laughs> I told you to be quiet, man. We <laughs> came out in the second half. Bro, this is my first sack I gave up in my uh, my first sack of my career. It happened against the, uh, the Raiders. Sweet Swill came out. Sweet Swill. That's all I heard as he was passing by. Sweet Swill. I gave up two and a half sacks, dog, that game. Wow. Yes. Hey, Pat Sweet Swill. But Sweet Pat's, Swill. A border, Pat's a borderline Hall of Famer. Oh, no question. No oh, question uh, about he that. was really great with the Saints, and he was yes. good with the Lions. I don't know what he was with the Raiders, but he like was you sweet said, swill. That's what he was. Sweet swill with the Raiders. That's what he was. Dude, I'll tell you, man. That's you know, hey, did you did you enjoy blocking 
more in the three technique for defenses, a 34 or 43? Did you would you rather have a guy on you or was it harder for you to get up on them backers? Well, you know what? I I, I like playing against a three four defense because like when I was a tackle, the defense Because you're was uncovered in the 34. When I was a guard, yeah, but I, when I was a tackle, when I was a tackle, I wanted to play against the, the um, a three-four because I have a guy head up on me, and I knew wherever my head would go, he would have to follow my head because he had oh, a yeah. two gap to keep me off a linebacker. That's right. Because so he, he wants to always keep his outside leverage and outside exactly. shoulder free. So I would fake in, I would fake in and move my hips around so I'd be on run, and and and, and you know that way I get to the outside. So we're running outside. I fake him in and, and, and get my my body outside, but my head's still inside. And I would, you know, kill guys like that. But then, you know, I, I went up against guys that, you know, that that got the hang of it. So I'm playing against, um, <laughs> what's his name, Adolphus, something like that. Adolphus played for uh, the Ra- the Ravens. Adolphus something, man. Bro, I tried to do that to me. He stuck his hand right up underneath my chest. Boom, locked me out. Like I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh, what's going on? You know, he goes, you, yeah, keep keep moving that head. I don't care where you put the head. I'm putting these hands right in your chest. I try to do it again. Boom. Oh, from that point on, I'm just going straight ahead. Shh, bam. Just hit him in the mouth, man. But, you know, certain guys, you know, you could you could head fake them and do stuff like that. But like, he wasn't playing, man. And some guys, are just, you, and you know those those veteran guys, like like I told you, man, playing against Jackie Slater or a guy like Dennis Hara, or you're playing against some of these guys like Anthony Munoz, and man, they're so dominant and so powerful. Like I tell you, Deeds, what was it, Mike Munchak? Holy crap, man! I mean, strong, quick. I heard it was leverage, strong, yeah, <laughs> powerful. I mean, and you know who the dude next to him was? Was Bruce Matthews. Here I am playing nose, Barrett. Wow. No idea. Like, I go, all I was doing was this. Hey, I just kept hearing somebody in my ear go, make a pile. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, make a pile, man. These are two, like, Hall of Fame type players, man, that – and Bruce was so good. He was so fast, so quick. I mean, and just a big man. He's a big man like you. And this guy played center guard. I think he made all pro at center yep. guard and tackle, if I'm <laughs> yep. not mistaken. Yep. He was just, he was just incredible. I got to ask you this other question here. I don't know if you've ever blocked for a guy like this. So the drama that's going on in Green Bay now, and Aaron Rodgers and all this stuff. You know, probably more is being made of it because the media likes to, you know, weave these tales. We don't really know what's going on inside the locker room. By the way, they have won 39 ball games in the last three years. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, yeah. there's something to that. And they've made the playoffs. They went to two AF- NFC championship games. But with a guy like that, with that kind of personality, did it ever rub you the wrong way on blocking for a guy who was a tool? Did you ever have to do that? Even though you knew the guy, you needed him to have success because you always hear people saying, well, not everybody on the team likes him. The offensive line, if there's one thing I could tell people, what they love is this. They're going to protect their quarterback no matter what. And when a day you don't see, like in the Cleveland game this last year, I saw Baker Mayfield get knocked out of bounds by somebody, and that one old lineman went over there and picked him up. It did anything. That doesn't go down. Like when, 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 when Joe Burrow got knocked out, out of bounds by um, Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl, one thing about that offensive line with the um, 
with, with the Bengals. They went over there, and they started pushing people around, and it got into a little Donnybrook. That's the majority of the time that you'll see an offensive line. Nobody's going to hit the quarterback no matter what. That's their guy. They need to move him. They, he needs to move the chains for them, and they're going to protect him. Did you ever have to block for a guy you didn't like? You know what? When when Ben later on in Ben's Ben's career, he got better. But you know, he didn't like it. He didn't have a lot of guys that were in his in his corner his first couple of years in the league. You know, because I mean, he had so much success so quick. He won like thirteen straight games his first year. So he started smelling himself a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So you know, guys, you know, same thing like Peyton in in, in Indianapolis. There was. He would get on his old line, Barrett, and say this, hey, we need to block better. And finally, somebody like Jeff Saturday went to him and said, you need to shut up, dude. Right, 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 right. So it was, it was, it was, it was, it was a time there when when the old line didn't care much for him. They blocked for him, but they didn't care much for him. But he eventually changed and and, and became a, um, a better leader on that team. But it took him a while to really notice that he was getting on everybody's damn nerves. Um there were guys that you know that you 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 would you you would fight a you know you'd fight a brick wall for you know yeah. like Charlie Batch you'd fight fight a brick wall a brick wall for him then you had a guy like Gus Farad he was just the guy you know what I'm saying he was just the guy um did I play with somebody that would throw you under the bus not really not really you know you usually the quarterback know where their bread their bread is buttered what, but would all that would all that drama bug you that's going on. If you were a line, if you were a line mate, yes. If I was a line for with- Green Bay, I'd be like, "Yo, man, chill out." But when I say something to him, no, especially not to him. The best quarter, you know, he's probably the best quarterback in the league. When I say something to him, nah, a Rock could pretty much do what he wants to do. But but the group would talk about it. You think? Oh yeah, yeah. We talk about we talk about everything. I mean, it was the times where Ricky Waters used to get our nerves. I mean, I remember one time. And like I said, I'm always talking about guy Mac. Because like I said, he was most influential in my life to start off as far as me being a pro. He taught me how to be a pro. Well, we would be blocking for, you know, Ricky, and he'd have nine yards, have eight yards, then have three yards, and they'll have six yards. And then we'll get a ball of Char- Charlie to come in. We'll get a ball of Charlie. Charlie rip off an 80-yarder or a 30-yarder. So they end up at the end of the game. Both backs have 200 yards. I mean, I'll have 100 yards. But, you know, Charlie would have it in, in five carries and in, in, it would take, you know, 16 or 17 carries for, for you know, maybe even 20 carries for Ricky to get it. So it was times we'd be in the game and Charlie will bust a 30-yarder and then Ricky come back in, he'll get a five-yarder. And he jumped up one time, threw the ball down. Hey, y'all ain't blocking for me like y'all blocking for Charlie. <laughs> oh, man. God, Mac, they would lost. say they, He would say that to you just like out and out, just go, hey, why are you guys giving this guy love and not me? Bro. It, it it turned out it turned out being a, almost a brawl inside the huddle because Guy Mack and Ed West, we used to call him Toolbox, Ed West, tight end. They cussed him out. They yanked him out. You know, in fact, they kicked him out of the game. They kicked him out of the game, told Charlie to come back in. Because he was like, man, we blocked just as hard. You know, but Charlie just needs this much room, and you need this much room. That's why it's, it's happening. It ain't because of us. It's because of you. John you know, you Gruden Char- loved – John Gruden loved Charlie Gardner. Bro, you could give – Charlie would tell us this, hey man, all you got to do is put a head on him. If you if you put your hat on him, I'll do the rest. You ain't got to drive him down the field or put him on their back. No, just have your body in between me and the, and the defender. I'll do the rest. And you give him that much room, he was gonna take it to the house, man. That's how good he was. Aaron Rodgers wants fifty million dollars per year. That's a new report coming out of um, Green Bay. That? 
He wants $50 million, um, according to Pro Football Talk and NBC, that he's looking at $50 million. That's five more million, which is substantial, than Patrick Mahomes, and he wants a three-year contract. I find it hard to believe, Barrett, that all this charade the last two years was over money. Nope. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I, I never got the Jordan Love thing. How could that bug you? We all – and by the way, so I'll know – Everybody at some time or another has had a guy drafted at their position higher than they were drafted. And it's always because we're the most insecure people on the planet, professional football players, because of this. The organizations make you feel that way. Yep. They, 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 that's, that's, that's how they keep their objective. That's how they keep it right? Isn't that the one thing, Barrett, that the NFL has over the other sports? They keep you on that edge knowing that they could get rid of you and your contract at any time, whereas if you're a James Harden or you're a Kevin Durant, dude, you get $250 million signed, they, you can look at your boss and tell him to go to hell. Right. It won't matter. <laughs> you got to pay him. We can't do that, and they keep you on edge for that. So You heard what I said that, yesterday. You heard what I said yesterday. I said, hey, five minutes after they after you yeah. sign that contract, five minutes after they, they, they signed it, the ink's not even dry yet, and they're trying to find somebody bigger, stronger, faster, younger, and cheaper than you. So, I mean, he, that's just the nature of the beast. He's, he, he wants $50 million bucks at 38. And according to Pro Football Talk 2 NBC, there's been a no, no, number of teams that have called Green Bay and asked to put a trade package together. And, again, we're now in the land of misinformation and also we're in the land of people trying to better their football team. So don't get anybody's panties in a bind here with this. This is what teams do. This is what leagues do. This is what GMs do because of the uncertainty what's going on. If that were me and I was making a call to Green Bay and say I was Denver because that looks like a landing spot potentially for Aaron Rodgers, I'd have to get a massive commitment. Wouldn't you, Barrett, that yeah. he wasn't going to go there and just play one year and call it a career, and I'm giving up draft choices for that. Exactly. I mean, there's a lot of things that go. And, and and you know what, too, for the record, when you're hearing people say stuff about Rodgers, you really think Green Bay's going to send him to the place where he wants to go? Right, right. I they're going to send him, right, to a place where they're going to get the best deal. See, everyone's always under the assumption that, well, hell, he'll go to Tampa Bay. He'll go to Denver. Man, you're making it sound like Aaron Rodgers has all the cards. He's owed – he's still got years on his contract. Green Bay got this guy by the shorts. You know that. They, they, they're they not going to send him to pacify him in the way that he's – how he's handled himself. It's almost like a reincarnation of Brett Favre at the end of his time when Brett was in Green Bay, isn't it? It reminds me of the same stuff, right? Well, you know, you look at it, man, and they have his contract, so – Regardless of what happens, if he retires, he's going to retire in Green Bay because at the end of the day, they still hold his rights. He couldn't go anywhere else. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they hold his rights. So you retire if you want to. It's not like you can come back and say, oh, I'm just Josh. I'm going here. No, they have your rights. So since they have your rights, he's going to have to play in Green Bay. That's why I never thought that he was going to go anywhere in Green Bay. But I also thought they weren't going to go um, – Carson wasn't going to go anywhere either. I mean, I would have never thought, you know, you could have bought me with a wooden wooden, uh, with a wooden nickel that Carson would have gone to Indianapolis and they would leave a cap hit for $34 million on a roster. That's unheard of, man, but they did it. 
I can't see them trading or letting, you know, A-Rod go at this point. They've Why? done too much to try to satisfy him. Too much. They right. brought players I mean, they've in. They've been over okay. for the guy. Yep. I think they're going to give him the $50 million, but I don't think it's three I think years. So I think it'll be two and an option. Yep. I think so also. You know, and 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 to be quite honest, that's going to be the going rate for these young quarterbacks that are going up for deals this next couple of years. That's going to be like the starting spot for what these – Bro, Patrick Mahomes signed a contract for $10 million – I mean, 10 years – Five hundred million. That's a half. Forty-five a billion per. dollars, man. Forty-five per as an average for the next ten years. He's going to make, and it starts by the way this, this year. year. Yeah, this year. This year because the new CBA. You know what, too, Barrett? That new CBA. People don't realize. I've read the CBA, and now it's so team friendly. Because remember those contracts that you had with Todd Gurley and Clay Matthews Jr. with the Rams how much money they owed him when they cut him. Yep. Well, now, having talked to Les Snead, they could take some of the remaining money that's dead money that's on their salary cap. They get to defer this out like 20 years now if you have dead cap money. So, like, say, like the Carson Wentz deal a year ago with the Eagles. The Eagles now can take that money over the next 20 years and defer that money out so that it lowers your cap hit with having dead money, which means now you're going to be able to keep your rosters more intact now. Exactly. Okay? You know, I mean, you're going to be able to cut loose of players that are on big contracts now because you're going to be able to defer that. So I think you're going to see more roster movement, Barrett. I mean, like, you're not going to have to sit around and go like this. I got to keep Matt Ryan because he's got the biggest. I saw that today. He's got the biggest cap hit number of anybody if they end up cutting him or they end up moving off of Matt Ryan. It's like 60 million bucks. What? Right. It's some psychotic number that they have. And there's no way that the Falcons are going to move off of that contract because they're in salary cap hell because of the purgatory, or this was a year ago, but now that's $68 million. I could defer that over the next 20 years. Get this. The, the Falcons now can move off of Matt Ryan. So Matt Ryan is a former MVP. He's Matt, to me, he's the closest thing to Matt Stafford. Yep. Okay? Yep. My point would be this. If you're going to move a guy like Matt Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, too, he's from up in that neck of the woods, too. How about this? Matt Ryan, former MVP, doesn't he remind you of Matt Stafford? The Eagles, Falcons pick up some of his contract. Would the Eagles look at somebody like that? I don't know what his age is. I think he's 33, maybe. I think Matt Ryan's like 33. I don't know exactly what his age is. But Matt Ryan, the problem in Atlanta hasn't been Matt Ryan. The problem in Atlanta has been their defense, not being able to stop people. Yep. Would you take a look at Matt Ryan if you're the Eagles at a potential guy? That's kind of the quarterback that they want anyways. They want a drop-back quarterback and just sling it all day long. They really don't want this run game that they develop. That's not what you know. they want Eagles football to, to, to look like. They want a pass-happy 
get the ball down the field type of offense. They just haven't drafted as such. So they so, hate they hate what they see in Tennessee when they see a guy like Derrick Henry. They hate what they, they, hate what they saw the last. They say they hate what they saw the last half of the season. They like the production, but they they hated seeing you know their offense being the way it was. You know, they they're moving off of Jalen. I don't know. It, it hasn't been about if Jalen was a is a, is a is a good enough quarterback to play in the NFL. It's more so they want to be Belichick esque when they had you know a, a drop back quarterback in 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 Tom. That's what they want. They want a high flying, get the ball down the field. Kind of like what the Rams do, what you know, all these young quarterbacks that you know to see are doing right now. They don't want to run orientated offense. They hate that actually. They that's what they want, a drop back quarterback. It's just they haven't been good enough, you know, to be where they are right now. They have if you put Matthew if you put Matt Ryan on that Eagle offense, you're talking about then wide receivers that are free agents and potential people that would want to come and play there. Yep. Because Matt Ryan is a guy that prior to Stafford winning the Super Bowl this year, I think they were kind of the same thing. But, however, remember, Ryan got to a Super Bowl. He's won an MVP, actually. He's had more of a productive career than what Matthew Stafford has actually had. I think he's got a winning record also as a starting quarterback in the NFL. So you're talking now because of this new CBA. It's good. My point I'm making here, Barrett, is that you're going to be able to get more latitude now with certain teams like, say, you want to call Atlanta up. Atlanta's got this number. Defer it. They pick up some of the number. Like we were talking with Fletcher Cox in the last hour. They pick up some of that number. Say they pick up 15, 20% of the Matt Ryan contract. They defer the rest of it out. You're able to send this guy to Philadelphia and you end up sending back. I don't know. What would you surrender for Matt Ryan? I don't know if I'm giving a one up. I may give up a two. I may give up a three for the guy. Do you think he commands a one? He's 36. No, no he didn't command a one. He, I mean, it's definitely no lower than a two or a three. But get this. You got a guy who's kind of in the room with Stafford for a two. It puts and it, you keep your threes, three ones. It puts you in a conversation that if you build around him, if you if you get him a couple of receivers, he can hose it. He can throw the ball, and you'll have a, a steady running game to protect him a little bit. Now he can run that play action and push the ball down the field. It could work, but I doubt seriously if they'll make a move like that. They. I, don't, I doubt seriously. How about they something like if people are saying I take Jimmy G over Matt Ryan? I wouldn't. What What's your take on Jimmy G? I think he's. How about hang good. on. Let Let's Let's get that after After the okay. timeout here, let's do that after the timeout. I want to get your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo. Thirty six and sixteen, right? As a starting <laughs> quarterback, and everyone goes, he sucks. All right, hey, keep it here on the middle. Barrett Brooks, Cilio in for Harry Mays. Back at three. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view that goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want. Or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. 
What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Welcome back to the middle. Big sales in for everybody coming aboard please hit that like button by the way um my grandpa had a 64 65 impala i was thinking about you all day yesterday and what you could do with those things <laughs> uh, yeah i mean so what, what what's the latest man so what'd you do when you went home did you get the fender on the bumper on did you get it on hell no man because it, it, it started hailing out as soon as we got off the show i let the dogs out brought them back in fed up and everything then i go to go in my garage i go in my garage and the garage door is still down and uh you know as soon as i you know get things you know set up i got the pool tools that i need i open up the garage and it's hailing outside with rain inside the you know hail so it's, it's just bad i'm like come on man what the yeah only it just only happens to me i'm about to get this done i'm about to be done with it and it starts hailing and raining outside so long story long i just sat in my garage played around Watch some fishing shows, man. And uh, New Jersey fishing maniac, where do you fish out of? I want to know where you, where you fish out of, man. But I um, I couldn't get anything done. So today I wake up this morning. I go to Home Depot. It's just raining, raining, raining. You know, it's like 30 degrees outside. I just got up and looked outside. It's sunny outside. And it's like 50 degrees right now. So I'm going to try to get it done. If the ground is not all the way wet, I'm going to try to get it done right now, man. All right, I'm th- this is gonna tell me a lot about you right here. It's gonna I'm gonna profile you right here. Okay. <laughs> are your tools all over the place or are they back meticulously put in their spots where they have like the hook for like the wrench? You got your 
power tools over on this section. You got your drills over here, your screwdrivers here. You you got your three eighths over here. Are are you one of them guys, or is this Bro, place? I got stuff everywhere. Down? I got stuff ever. It's upside down, but I know exactly <laughs> where it is, though. So I wait know exactly oh, where it is. Oh, so that means that's why your your wife can't go in there and touch anything because right when she goes in and she goes, I just thought I'd clean up for you. No, if you clean oh. up, I'll be totally lost, man. Like somebody came in and borrowed my um my ratchet. I have an electric ratchet, and I can't find it for love nor money, man. I just bought me a new one, man, on, on Amazon just because I cannot find my wrench. I put my wrench in the exact same place every time I come going there and work. And now it's not where it's supposed to be at. It's underneath this and, that, and in between that. But I know exactly where it is. I know where all my tools are. They're just not where they're supposed to be. They're not where they're supposed to be. They're not even close to where they're supposed to be at. They're not matched up where they're supposed to be at. I do have, like, I got big bags that are, right, I keep my wood tools in here, but it's like, it's like, you know, a, a rip saw. I got, you know, uh, I mean, all these saws and stuff in this bag. And over here, I got a bunch of stuff for my welding stuff. And then over here, but, you know, I know exactly where it is. So, you know, it's it's organized chaos in my in my, in my So, garage. like, in my, my man cave down here, I got, like, books here. I've got pencils here. By the way, I don't like bent paper. You I know? don't like things. <laughs> everything's got to be perfect. I use yellow highlighters. Hey, <laughs> you're a highlighter guy. Come on. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It's got to be put here. So when my daughter comes home, she has her friends over. They use the room. Man, I get so twisted because <laughs> this cup could get moved. This cup right here, this picture, my Humber keys. <laughs> I got everything set in a thing. My wife moves everything. I come in, man. I you would think I belong in one of them psychiatric wards. Where the hell is the, what do you mean? Where's my paper? You move my hey, I have oh hey, I got like a little list of crap I have to do when anything gets touched. And I got elephants that for good luck with the horns up that face the doors because it keeps oh, all the good luck in. <laughs> I'm one of them. Hey, dude, when when I played, I had scapulas, I had crosses, I had I had one shirt. I picked one shirt I would wear. Here's my undershirt, man. I put it in my laundry bag. This would be the one shirt I would wear. I'd have like Tennessee Thumper or it'd be something there, man. If that was not in the room, I was just I'm one of those guys, man. If my where's my t-shirt? Oh, we lost what? Like I would get my left foot done. I'd have my left foot done taping. Like, guy starts taping me. No, you ain't taping me, man. He was taping me over there. <laughs> that guy's taping me, man. And start yeah, with the left foot, okay? Under wrap first, left foot, then go right foot. I did. I do stuff with my – oh. By the way, I wear, like, three pairs of socks a year, okay? And I wash them every day, okay? I got three pairs of socks that, you know, I mean – I'm the I don't know what it is, that, man. I'm dude. I'm really weird with that stuff, bro. Man. It was almost like I had four pair of underwear the entire year during the season because I would, you know, wear them and I put them in my bag, yeah. and it would get washed, and I take, and that's what right. I would have, man. Or, or like I played with a kicker named Jeff Reed with the Steelers. I counted one time; he was so fixated on this kicking shoe that he would take it off, put it back on, tie it. 
tuck the laces in, take them back off. He did it for like 43 times one game. 43 times taking it off and putting it back on. Take it off and put it back on. You, you, think, we're, you think we're super – what was your most superstitious thing you did? That I had to eat um, ranch, potatoes, and chicken <laughs> as my pregame meal. I had to have it. Twelve years that went on. Twelve years I had to have it. Started in college. <laughs> I'd have to have ranch on my chicken and my tato- potatoes. I had to have potatoes. Had to have chicken. I mean, it could be broiled chicken. It could be fried chicken. It could be baked chicken. Whatever. But I had to have chicken, and I'd have ranch on it. Then I have potatoes. That I put a little ranch on the potatoes too. The potatoes could be fried potatoes. They could be French fries though. But they had to be mashed potatoes, fried potatoes, some type of potatoes, scallion potatoes, whatever. They would have to be potatoes, and I have to have ranch on them also. I mean, could every single pregame. Could the equipment guys go into your locker and put things in there, move it around a little bit? Did you have – and I, I, I know people who have had an ass with anybody going in there and moving things around. Oh, like, no, I, I didn't have that. I, I didn't have that. But guys would know, yo, who was in my locker? Who touched my locker? I'm talking about they go off. I mean, go nuts if you go in their locker. I mean, nuts. I'm like, yo, what is going on? <laughs> man, I love that, man. Hey, here's the latest now. Did you hear Troy Aikman's getting $20 million for um, ESPN now? He's going to leave Fox and Joe Buck. What? And he's going to sign a contract. I think maybe he's already done it. He's going to do Monday Night Football. There was like a bidding war. I think it's between 18 and $20 million. That he, wow. um, yeah, he's now going to leave Fox and go over, and he's going to be on Monday Night Football now. So, who do you think takes his place? Um, how about Tom Brady? Hmm. I don't. I don't. You know. I don't know if he want to do that. I, I agree. I. You'd have to give him twenty five million dollars to do There's it. No question about that. You know who? Uh, how about Peyton what about Manning? Peyton might do it. You know. Uh, what about uh? What about the Rams coach, Sean McVay? You give McVay, he's only making like seven million dollars this year. Yeah, he They'll wants give him 15. about ten or twelve. He yeah, wants 15? fifteen million because I mean, it's that's... Los Angeles. Listen, it's Los Angeles, and because the taxes out there, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, fifteen million in Florida, you're yeah. getting that number. <laughs> fifteen million in California is half. Right. That's okay. I don't see how you stay there, man. There's no way I can live there, man. It's crazy. There's only, there's only, hey, I'm gonna tell you a secret. My daughter doesn't even notice. My wife does. When she graduates college, I am so out of here. Okay, <laughs> I strawberries can't be thirty five bucks like for what twenty. Oh, dude, the gasoline's over five bucks now. Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. Oh, uh, one of the greatest things is that I get to do my show now in the man cave, and I don't have to drive to studios any longer because I don't want to and I don't need to now. So. That has been – I used to have to drive a little bit to get to my old studios, and I don't have to do that any longer. And I'm telling you, dude, the price of food, the electricity, they have destroyed this city. They have destroyed this state. It's California. Are you in L.A.? No, I'm in Southern California down there outside of San Diego. Oh, okay, okay. And, and get this. And here, here's the problem with this. They have so many great people that live in the state of California. The people that built this great state can't live here and retire here. They're all moving to Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, going to Florida. Same thing with New York. 
They can't oh, afford yep. to live in those in those states anymore those because shoot. of all the taxes. Jersey, Jersey same way. Jersey, but not as bad as like Cal. Like I um, like I went down and did um, I go down and get tested for CET. Uh, um, what is it? CET. CTE. CTE. Whatever it is. I go down there every year and get tested. So I went to California this last year, and I was in San Diego. And I was just walking around, and um, I asked the guy, you know, how much would I, you know, this little house right here cost? Oh in this my corner. god! It's like this house, no lie, this house was not even a thousand square feet, and they, because it was on a corner, they wanted nine hundred thousand dollars for it. They say it's, it's it's nothing for kids to have two or three jobs, you know, in in California. Two or three I don't know jobs. how people, I don't know how people like afford to like like new couples and such here, here here to your point when i came here um i i came here in 14 cuz i got hired by this radio station called the mighty 1090 it's it was this old guy used to be on it back in the day his name was wolfman jack and oh uh, yeah wolfman jack hey wolfman <laughs> jack listen he started on this and by the way that movie that francis ford coppola did uh, god i can't remember that old movie and this this station was the station was identified in it. American Graffiti. That's what it was. And I took over that morning shift and had a great run. So I moved from a 6,200 square foot house in Parkland, Florida. By the way, dude, I don't know. I paid about, in Florida, I paid about $2,800 a month for the rent for that thing, okay? Mm-hmm. I get out to California. I go down to Coronado. I'm looking at the same stuff. People taking me around. I'm looking at a 6,000 square foot house. I'm looking around and that guy goes like this. <clears throat> 25. I went 25 what? 25,000 a month. I went well, 25,000 a, <laughs> 25, a month for what? And he goes, oh, that's just the rent. I go, okay. So then you got to imagine what the lights are. You got to imagine what the water right. is. You got to imagine what, you know, electricity bill, all that. And you're like, so you're talking 30,000 bucks, dude, for you to live. I was like the same thing in California compared to to uh, to Florida. Man, it was like it's less than $3,000 in Florida. That's why people are moving to those states. And now they've gone up 21% homes and values in the last year. And it went up through the pandemic. Can you believe? I mean, California, man, I don't know how people live. I don't Honestly, see either, man. out here, man. Oh no, I'm, I'm. I told you, I'm moving to Almorada. <laughs> I'm going to the Keys. I'm going to go fishing. I'm going to go to a state that I know everybody. Hey, if I if I become poor, I'm going to go into a casino. Go. Hey, I need some help, man. People know big sil- I, I I'm not California, man. It's the ridiculous. Food man. is out of hand. Yeah, man. I, I went to and, and went and got an In and Out burger, and I got the double, and. You know, double small fry, medium drink, and she was like, "Well, that's sixteen dollars." I know, dude. Happy meals, yeah. <laughs> okay, happy meals, man. I pull up to a McDonald's because you know we go back and forth to uh, Grand Canyon. My daughter plays at Grand Canyon. She's a D. Get this, man. My daughter is a D one scholarship player at Grand Canyon University, and she's a rugby player. And they're like third in the country right now. Wow. They congrats. beat Arizona. They beat Arizona State. They beat UCLA. 
they didn't do very well against BYU, but they're really good, and she's the captain of the team. So we go back and forth, and I love me some fish fillets. Man, I love them McDonald's fish it. fillets. Love and, it. And, and by the way, is there a, are there better fries than McDonald's fries? You know what? And it's, it's crazy you say that, man, because I love McDonald's fries. But you can leave a McDonald's fry on the ground. Ants won't eat it. It'll be there for six years <laughs> if you don't touch it. And it won't go away. It won't mold or anything else. It'll sit there. It'll become hard as a rock. But we eat that stuff, but it's absolutely amazing. Amazing. God, I, there's, I mean, look, I've tried all of it, too. Steak and Shake, you know, Arby's. I like Arby's. I like the Arby's sandwiches, too. But, man, that French fry, man, from McDonald's. Yeah. So I get those. <laughs> the lady comes back, three people in the car. She goes, 40 bucks. I'm like, 40 bucks for McDonald's? <laughs> I mean, Jesus criminy, I could go to the Palm as my favorite restaurant, as you could tell. I could right, go to right, the right. Palm, and I could get the lobster bisque, and I could get the Clams Casino for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, 40 bucks for a drive through I couldn't believe it, man. Like, you know, it, it, it's crazy, man. Like, I, uh, I wanted to, uh, you know, just go get something real quick. So I went to this place. It was, a, um, um, it was like a bubble gum shrimp place. And Bubba, down, Gump, Bubba Gump shrimp. Yeah, so I went there, yeah. and it was just me eating. And I just had a, a, a cocktail or two, and it was $83, bro. <laughs> yes. I'm like, yo, did I eat that much? Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. $83, and I wasn't even full. I'm Damn, even I had full. a cup of soup and two drinks. <laughs> <laughs> And I wasn't even full, man. You know, I was hot as fish grease, man. I, I just <laughs> well, a dude that can eat three, hey, a dude that can eat three boxes of uh, White Castles, man. Two drinks yeah. and a soup ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Hey, I saw Nate Newton, man. You, you know those places you go in if you eat a sixteen ounce steak, you get them for free. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's a place out Thousand Oaks training camp. We go out there, man. I'm like, he goes, I'm rolling into this place. And they put your name on the wall. There's plaques. Man, we walk in there. Nate's got his name everywhere. <laughs> and I go like, they see Nate rolling in. <laughs> Nate ate three of them things. <laughs> he ate three 16-ounce steaks right in front of me, man. What? Oh, man. <sighs> Dude, there, there used to be times when I saw Nate sitting out at Valley Ranch. Outside the complex there, Nate's sitting in his car. He's got his jacket on. Me and Crawford Kerr and Mark Tune come up to him. I love Tune. God rest his soul. What a great dude, man. And he he comes up, man. Here's Nate sitting in his car. We, 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 we tap on the window, man. I go, you got the heat on in there? He goes, yeah, man. 50 bucks every pound I'm over. I got to. I got to get on the scale, man. It's the off season too. Michael, how much you weigh? He goes, I'm about 363 now. I go, what are you supposed to be down to? 315. I said, I, I don't, hey, <laughs> I don't think that heater in your car is going to cut it. <laughs> I go, wait a minute, man. You got to be at 315. I had to be at 315 last night. I told him I was sick. <laughs> I said, well, you ain't going to lose 50 pounds. He goes, I've lost 25 before. I'm just trying to get the number down. <laughs> Bro, my boy Casey Hampton, dog, we come in the beginning of the year, the get, beginning of camp, and he just come in, and he just give our strength and conditioning coach a blank check. 
because you know it used to be it used to be uh it used to be that it was it was um it was it was what it was like almost almost um nine hundred dollars a pound or something like that oh yeah used to, it used to be like nine hundred and something dollars a pound and guys would you know get fined and you know some guys just didn't care man like like casey he wrote a check one year for like a hundred sixty thousand dollars me did you ever have that number on your um did you Bro, have to make a wait? I got fined one time, and that's all it took was one time my entire NFL career. And, and, and Ray Rose pulled a fast one on me. It was my second year. It was my second year. And I was like maybe 10 pounds overweight. So I took this stuff called Golden Seals, and it made me piss all my water out. Yep, yep. So I was below weight. You do that like, when you're smoking dubes, too. Right, I, yeah. I, I, hey. <laughs> Uh, hey, from what I heard, yeah, it, yeah, you you heard from a, a reliable source, yeah, reliable source. I heard that's right. how you get it. Go ahead, man. I don't want to. <laughs> so it was nine hundred. It was like nine hundred. In fact, it was nine hundred eighty nine dollars a pound. So I go in. I'm two pounds underweight. So I'm walking around. Yeah, what's up? Yeah, nine hundred. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Two days later, we wait. We wait in on Tuesday. Two days day. Thursday is usually our you know regular weigh in day. But Tuesday, we had just weighed in to get to camp. So Ray pulls a fast one on us and weighs us in because it's, th oh, it's Thursday. You know, it's time to weigh in. It's Thursday. I'm like, we just weighed in on Tuesday. <laughs> Brooks, get your ass on the scale. Get he on the scale. Got you. Bro, I was 10 pounds over, dog. <laughs> you wrote him a 10 grand check? 10 grand. <laughs> I was so sick, bro. I, I, ain't even make, I ain't even make 10 grand yet. And he took 10 grand from me. <laughs> Bro, I was hot, man. I was hot, man. From that point on, it's my second year. I was never for ten more ten years. I think I was never overweight, bro. They told me to be three twenty five. I was three twenty five. They told me to be three thirty. I was three thirty, man. I was like, look, I'm not just gonna be giving money away, bro. I mean, no, you're, on, hey, yeah, you you sound like you're like me. I'm one of these guys, man. I got horrible. Hey, I wear clothes people give me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the freebies, hey, baby. Hey, wait a minute. I got a box over here from the Bucks. The Browns sent me some gear, and the Kane <laughs> sent me some gear. Dude, I got like all this stuff is sent. Man, there ain't a thing on me I bought. <laughs> I'm the same hey, way, dog. Hey, I'm the same hey, way, man. man. Yeah, you know, you owe your old shoe contracts, your old people that you know. You Bro, I got hey, Jordans some downstairs. Gear. Yeah, yep, yep. I got Jordans downstairs. They were still in the box. In fact, you know, I got the, the old Leaping Lizard shoes, the Jordans. <laughs> Oh, killer. They, they, yeah, they're supposed to be white. It's, it's, it's turned yellow because they're so old, man. That's, you know what I'm saying? Vintage. Dude, I should, I should, I, I, I'll do this, man, next week. I got, I got stuff still in the cellophane because my old um, equipment manager is now the equipment manager for the Browns. And he sent me a ton of stuff. The Bucks, um, Berlin sent me a whole stuff, and the Canes, they always sent me stuff. The Raiders used to send me a boatload of stuff because I worked for the Raiders for a couple of years in their broadcast team, and Al would send me jackets and sweaters and just a ton of stuff. And, hey, I still got the stuff, and I wear it, man. I I, I swear to you, I don't think there's a pair of sneakers I own that right, I bought. Look, hold on, hold on. Look, 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 look. This is shameful, but uh, stateside <laughs> – it, haven't even cracked it yet. See, haven't even cracked it. You got to send me my, send me my. Hey, come on, Xander. I went out and bought it myself. I had to buy hey, it myself, man. Hey, man, come that's on, the man. best live read. Stay side vodka. Hey, that's the best live read 
that you could possibly have is right there. That right there is a great live read right there. Because I wish I could whistle, man. <laughs> hey, look at this. Uh, Jeremiah, shameless plug. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. No, no, Jeremiah, you don't understand what he's doing. He's working. He's trying to work a case. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, get my rocks glass, man. Hey, here, hey, Holy. Sanders saying Jacob Media is going to start to turn into a liquor store. You keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, I forgot to ask you here. I want to get to it before we get out of here. Your thoughts on Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback in the market for him? Is that somebody that Philadelphia would have any interest in at all? I don't think. So. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um. Um, Jimmy is a good quarterback, but Jimmy, I don't think is what people are looking for as far as elite quarterbacks. And if they go out and, and spend some picks on, they want an elite quarterback. And I think there's only two guys on the market right now. Well, maybe three, but two guys, I think, you know, with Wilson and, and you got to look uh, down at Houston, you know, I think those are the guys that everybody's looking at, you know, I mean, a rod, they say it, but I don't think so. But, you know, those two guys, you know, Deshaun Watson and, and and Wilson are the guys you would say could be on the move for what the Eagles are looking for. Watch this, though. You put Garoppolo in Indianapolis, they'll win 13 games. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's a better quarterback than 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 uh, than, than uh, Carson. He's they'll an absolute better quarterback. And that team might get to an AFC championship. Look they at his career. Roster. What'd you say? Look at his career. I mean, yeah, the guy's 36, won. 36 and 16. And he's like, I think he's like five and two in the postseason. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's beaten Aaron Rodgers like a boatload of times in the postseason. Right, right, right. I mean, if he doesn't have a bad second half and a bad overthrow in that Kansas City Super Bowl, I think the Niners win that game. I mean, it was a tough game, too, man. It was a tough, you know, go down to the wire type of game, man. But you know, five and two postseason record. He's got a five and two postseason record, dude, well, man. So really, that's not that's if they're going to spend. See, look, do you think Garoppolo commands a first rounder though? No. no. See, I think that's. But get this though. So you went and did this with Trey Lance. You moved up and you went into the three hole and you put that dude on your team. And you're going to move off a 36 and 16 guy who's five and two in the postseason, Barrett. That sounds gonna, kind of idiotic, doesn't it? <laughs> you're you gonna, might... you're are are you moving? But look at how much money you invested. Yep. In Trey Lance, are you really going to move that guy? Is this the same like an A Rod? Is this the same A Rod? You know, situation with A Rod and 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 you know Jordan Love. I don't. I don't think Jordan Love. I see. I don't think Trey Lance is ready to play either, though. Right. Right. I don't it could, because if he was ready to play, in my opinion, this is the year you're going to have to move Jimmy G. The same way when Mahomes was sitting behind Alex Smith in Kansas City. Or how about Brett Favre and, and A Rod? That's right. They knew when when they saw when they saw Aaron Rodgers in practice. Bro, you know when you see a guy in practice like that guy can wing it. Well, and, they and, were and saying know, about Patrick Mahomes like that. Were they not just always yep. going like this? This guy's ready to rock, man. Yep. And they let him go. They let Smith go for a song and a dance, man. Okay, so if the weather's good, the defender's going on. 
Yes, it, it's, the bumper's going on regardless of whether it's good or not. I'm just going to suck it up because I refuse to come back on this show on Monday with you, bro, because I'll see you on Monday without it being done, man. It's <laughs> hey, be man, done, we man. got combines next week. Have a great weekend, brother. I appreciate it. I'll see you at the middle on Monday. Thanks a lot, man, for having me into your house here. We'll see you Monday. We'll see you on the flip side. Let's go. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the memories. Go for the view. It goes on forever. Go for the bubbles in your bathtub and in your drink. Go to bed whenever you want or don't. Go for him. Go for her. Go for the wind. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. Imagine for a moment that you went to work today, and when you came home, you were catastrophically injured. Your life and your family's life. That's what happened to union construction worker Mike Little. I was scared of what the end was going to be, but to be 100% honest with you, I knew I was going to be all right just by talking with Brian. In my heart, I just knew everything was going to be all right. Call the firm and find out why they say, we got this. Call 215-458-2222. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.